Thank you again. Um, I this is I think my fourth or fifth time to be on for the devotional, and I try to log in um, on a weekly basis. I have a lot of Bible studies going on with people, and they can only meet at certain times, so it makes it tricky. And like you were talking, Stephen, about the uh, the scheduling, I like to call up all that stuff the administrivia of life. It just uh, it never stops multiplying. So being able to uh, log in and set my own um, schedule to be able to be here uh, was a step in a good direction. So that's helpful for both you and for me. Um, we did change the name of our church. It was Northern Ridge Baptist Church, and we've just bought uh, an old Ford dealership that we're remodeling. And it's in a business district here in um, the north part of Denver called the Gateway Business District. And so we went with Gateway Bible Fellowship. So we're in the process of making that change as well. So I, I would just like to say that even though I am not able to be on this prayer, it's on my calendar every day. And it does beat me that it's time to pray even when I'm in other meetings and in this discipleship discussion groups. Um, and so I can't tell you how thankful I am that every time my calendar beeps on Wednesdays at 10 o'clock in the morning on Mountain Standard Time, even if I'm not able to be on, I know that you are, and that is very encouraging. So please don't think that you, the time that you're spending on this is not a benefit to people, even if we're not able to be there. It is very much an encouragement. And when I get to, to log in and then hear people pray, uh, my heart is warmed, my heart is encouraged, and we need that. I need that. We all need that. Um, Jesus knew that we needed that. Uh, the passage that I would just like for us to briefly look at this morning in preparation for a time of prayer is Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. And I'm just going to read verse 1, and you can peruse down through the rest of the story that Jesus tells, down through verse 8, about the uh, judge who had no desire to listen to this woman who had a legitimate request. It was his responsibility. She was in need. She was being oppressed. And he neither feared God nor man. And yet, just because she was such a pestering nuisance to him, he took the time to answer her. Um, but it starts off in verse 1, Luke chapter 18. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Always to pray and not lose heart. Always to pray, and to put it in other terms, not get discouraged. I don't know about you, but I can easily find myself, um, easily find myself not praying because I'm discouraged. And when prayer should be the first resort in my discouragement, somehow I'm able to talk myself out of praying because my discouragement doesn't allow me to think straight. I'm not thinking straight about God. And when I really boil my thoughts down to what I'm thinking about God, there are, are, are three basic things for me that I want to encourage you with, and I'm not sure where you're susceptible or where your weaknesses are in your 
knowledge of and walk with and relationship with God, and which prayer is the telltale sign of what you're thinking about God and whether you're thinking accurately about God, right? Prayer is that telltale sign. But I find three things. Um, when I get discouraged and I don't pray, because Jesus told them this parable that people should always pray and not get discouraged, not lose heart. So why would I lose heart in my prayer life? Um, three things. I might think that God doesn't know. He doesn't know what I'm going through, which is a lie. It's not true. And I would never theologically admit or give any credence to the idea that God is anything but omniscient. I can easily act like God doesn't know. And in those cases, the verses that God uses to encourage my heart are from Isaiah chapter 40. I would write those down if they're not in your mental filing cabinet um, where God talks to the people of Israel and says, why, why would you say God doesn't know what's going on in your life? Have you not known, haven't you heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, he doesn't faint. He's not weary. He knows. He understands everything. Your way is not hidden from him. He's trying to teach you how to develop strength like an eagle so you can fly and run and keep going so that you wouldn't lose heart. That's what God is doing. And you're taking it to the exact opposite conclusion of what he's trying to do. But sometimes I... I forget that God knows everything, even though it's a theological premise that I base my whole life on. And yet the 12-inch journey from my head to my heart, sometimes it doesn't happen as smoothly as it ought to. Um, sometimes I get discouraged because I think he doesn't know what I'm going through, and it's just not true. God does know. He knows everything. And I have to realize that when I pray, I have never, ever once, and I never, ever will tell God something that he doesn't already know. Prayer does not inform God of anything that he doesn't already know. Prayer is God's way to develop a relationship with him that he has already initiated. So prayer is primarily for me. It's not for God. And when I get discouraged and think he doesn't know, I'm thinking wrong thoughts about God and it's leading to wrong actions in my life. So God does know. And Jesus wants us to pray and not get discouraged because God does know. Secondly, I might think that he isn't able, that my situation is too hard. Isaiah 40 talks about that as well. But when I get to thinking that my situation is too unique, my situation is too complex, my situation is too involved, my situation is too challenging, uh, the things that I look at, the people that I look at, the issues that I look at, the circumstances that I look at, and they all seem insurmountable. Usually in climbing out of that slew, is Ephesians chapter 3 in that prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesian Christians at the end of chapter 3, where he 
praise for amazing, impossible things that God would dwell in their hearts by faith, that they might be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and breadth and depth of height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That's impossible. Only God can do that. And sometimes I tend to think he can't. He just can't, which is just thinking wrong thoughts about God. And that's why Paul ends that prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 in asking God to do impossible things by saying this, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or even think according to the power that works in us. God is completely able. There is nothing he can't do that's in the realm of doable. And I know that. I believe that. I know God's omnipotent. But sometimes I think he isn't able because the odds are stacked against me or whatever. I'm thinking wrong thoughts about God. Jesus says, I wish that I would teach you how to always pray and not lose heart. Never lose heart because you think God doesn't know or because God isn't able. But the worst thought about God, I think, in my own life that can discourage prayer is not that he doesn't know or not that he isn't able, but sometimes I think he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I've been asking for a long time, like this widow in this parable, she kept knocking and she could easily, and she would have been right actually in thinking this judge doesn't care. He didn't, he didn't fear God or man. And yet because of her persistence. Now in my context, I'm not dealing with a God who's like that unjust judge. He's using that unjust judge as an example of someone who's so different from God, and yet he answered, my God, our God, the God, the one and only true God, he does love us. He does care. He does know. He is able, and he does care. And when I get stuck thinking that God just must not care because I've been asking for so long, and he hasn't done anything, and these things mean a lot to me, There's so much to unpack here, but the passage of scripture that God often uses to pull me out of that dip is Romans chapter 8 at the end of that chapter. He's promised to work everything together for my good, for his glory, and he's demonstrated that, yes, he indeed does care. I might be killed all the day like sheep for the slaughter on a daily basis. It, It might be just absolute torture for me on this earth. And sometimes God takes his people through those times intentionally to teach, to show, to demonstrate, to do things that only he knows about and only eternity will give us the chance to look back and see and go, oh, God has done all things well. But that passage ends with the promise that there's absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing, not a sword. A sword might separate my life from my body, my spirit from my body, but it doesn't separate me from the love of God in Christ. Hardship might separate me from my wants, sometimes even my needs, but it's not going to separate me from the love of God in Christ. And God has demonstrated that it might seem like, and I might feel like, he doesn't care, but all I have to do is look at the cross. 
and look at Jesus who gave himself for me and to the father who loved me enough to send his son for me and to an indwelling spirit who indwells my body and makes it into a temple, a temple for his glorious indwelling. And it doesn't take long of reading through Romans chapter eight, the last part of that chapter to remind myself, yeah, you're not thinking right. You're thinking wrong thoughts about God. He does care. He knows, he's able, he cares, and prayer is never intended to get our will done in heaven, but God's will done on earth. And I know God's will is for me to be conformed to the image of his son. And prayer is an indispensable means to that getting done. And that can only get done if I think right thoughts about God. He knows, he's able, he cares, and he's wise to do the right thing. So Jesus taught the parable. I teach this parable because I want you to know that men ought always to pray and never get discouraged, never lose heart. And may God help us today, no matter where you are, no matter what your thoughts are, to think right thoughts about God so we don't lose heart. God bless you.